Welcome to The Satisfaction Project, your adults-only guide to independent sex professionals with Aussie escort Georgie Wolfe. Hey folks, welcome to episode 11 of The Satisfaction Project. Today I've got a really interesting chat for you. So obviously we all know that sex work can be a really tricky topic and that applies whether you're in a place where sex work is criminalized and prohibited or whether it's allowed. Uh, There's still a lot of stigma and a lot of judgment and, you know, we all want that to change, right? We want things to get better. But if you're a client, you might feel that your power to change things is pretty limited. So in this episode, uh, I'm joined by sex worker and advocate Holly Hart to talk about practical sex work activism. Holly Hart is really amazing. She's a Canberra-based escort with a quirky sense of humour and a passion for sex worker rights. She also co-hosts the Somebody You Love podcast alongside Jenna Love, and Jenna joined us for our very first episode. So it's really nice to have the other half of that duo on. And look, we have a really great conversation, and hopefully our conversation will give you some ideas for everyday ways that you can stand up for the sex workers in your life. Before we dive in, here are our regular disclaimers. Firstly, we don't speak for all sex workers. This is an opinion-only zone. Second, there's no legal advice here either. It's your job to know your local laws and follow them. And lastly, remember that everyone does things their own way. So no matter what, please follow your workers' advice. I'm so excited that you're here because we've never met before and I'm sitting in my closet looking like a potato <laughs> closet. It's a Saturday morning. Yeah, I'm literally <laughs> sitting in my closet because the acoustics are better. And now I get to talk to you and it's fucking awesome. How are you doing? It's really nice to meet you uh, in the closet. It feels very personal to meet a closeted Georgie Wolf. Um, nothing else about me is in the fucking closet. So, and that's what this, <laughs> it's true, this is it? what this episode is about, right? Yeah, yeah. It's all like about, we're talking uh, about owning it. Yeah. Owning it. Owning your shit yeah. if you can, maybe you can't. But yeah. the, the reason that I'm really excited to have you here is because you do this podcast, Somebody You Love, with um, Jenna Love, and I consider both of you amazing activists. Oh, but I, I find that everyone I think that is everyone that I think is an amazing activist is too embarrassed to call themselves an activist. So yeah. I'll let you t- tell everyone who you are and what you're about. What do you do? What uh, kind of work do you do? And, I'm um... – yeah. Yeah, activists. I mean, I, I like it. I really love being um, being flattered and complimented. So you know, bring Excellent. it on. Um, but I think it's definitely uh, it's definitely undeserved. I mean, I think particularly in the wake of uh, of how many incredible activists are in this community, right? It's really yep. overwhelming. And and I mean, including yourself, you've done so much for um, for sexuality and for for liberation and for. I'm not an activist. I'm just a shit talker. Well, this You're is an activist. Thing, this all? is how it always aren't goes. We all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but, um, but tell us what you tell us what you've about done. Me. Oh, yeah, I promise not to call you an activist. But tell me <laughs> tell me what you do and how you got where you are now because you do some pretty cool shit. Good question. Uh, do I do some cool shit? I don't know. Look, yes. I'm a uh, I'm a, a full service sex worker, which I think is fucking cool. Uh, cool. I've been in and out of the industry for um, almost 15 years. We're we're coming up to, which is pretty wild. Um, I'm very passionate about what I do. I think I'm pretty, uh, excuse me, I've got a cat in the background. That kitty is having a lot of fun back there. You know, he's a really enthusiastic (laughs) dude and it's going to sound great on the recording. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I'm super passionate about what I do. I'm really, uh, I'm really out. It took me a lot of years to be able to be really out about my work. Um, 
mostly due to my mother's concerns. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, it's not for any lack of passion for the uh, for the industry. Uh, I'm also a uh, a quote unquote crazy cat lady, um, which I think we've already established a few <laughs> seconds into the recording. That's uh, all those background noises are. Uh, one of your cats is going yeah. absolutely nuts. He's gorgeous, but he's he's crazy. Uh, I am a, a disorganized mess of a human being and a little bit of a weirdo. I'm a bit of a, um, but I think I think most people are weird, but I'm uh, I'm definitely outwardly weird. Um, so that's me. Um, uh, you wanted to know about the podcast, should I? Yeah, tell us about that. Tell us yeah. how that got started and what that's been like talking Gosh. about your work. Well, it all started back in the year, I don't know. Uh, look, um, I've got to give, and, and she hates me. Oh, she, I don't know if she hates me for doing it, but I'm going to, you know, sing all the praises of, of Jenna Love. Um, she is she's a, not here, so you can get stuck here. into her. We can this is the best opportunity for it because right. she, she can't, she can't disagree with me. She is a, uh, she's a dynamo and um, I know you've met her a few times. And so, you know, and I think a lot of people in the industry get a vibe that she's a pretty hardworking or a pretty um, oh, capable woman. Um, but more than anyone sees behind the scenes is she's incredible. Like someone asked me yesterday, um, you know, do, does she have like uh, much of a capacity for like the spoons theory? You know, does she have a certain amount of spoons? And I said, I think she does. But then she carves like her body parts into spoons. Like I think a lot of us run out of spoons and we're exhausted and we cancel everything and we just right. stop for a few days. She does. She doesn't. She never drops the ball. Um, and and she'll probably think I'm giving her too much praise for that sort of thing. But she really doesn't. She's you know she's there. She does all her Scarlet Alliance work. She does everything for the podcast. She's you know a worker. She's got content. She's got a partner. She's got two partners. She's got um, she's got a lot going on and uh you know, and then she runs her extracurricular um, personal hobbies. So, yeah, uh, she is definitely a dynamo and she's uh, pretty lucky to get me to even turn up on time to record the podcast. Oh, I so know I give that her feeling. All of the credit, yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm all over the place. That's me. I'm a shambles. I, I get there eventually, but I'm uh, I'm definitely no no Jenna Love. So um, it started um, – and, and, look, I'm incredibly fortunate. I'm so grateful to be – to be paired with her. I don't know what she sees in me. We have this conversation all the time. I'm you have like, such a good vibe on the podcast. We we do. It is nice. We have a wonderful friendship. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty amazing when somebody who is um, I don't know, just so capable, um, you know, scoops up a little chaotic individual like me and takes them along for the ride. It's it's pretty cool. So um the idea started brewing uh, for her for the podcast a long time ago. I think like people have always been suggesting to her to do a podcast. She's incredibly um, media savvy. She's really likable. She's really articulate with strong and well-formed ideas. Um, like she's born to be in front of an audience and to present things. Um, it, the podcast itself, you know, it's, she keeps saying to me, Has, have people not been suggesting to you to do it? I'm like, girl, no one wanted to see me do a podcast. Oh, but um, we all do now. Well, there we go. It's happening, isn't it? Uh -huh. uh, but uh, it officially started, um, yeah, a bit over a year ago when uh, we had a, a doubles booking with a human footstool. And um, Fantastic. And the story is actually in your podcast. I've heard that one. Yeah, it's in the first episode, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, we uh, we spent the time with our feet on him basically, but we just chatted and 
it you couldn't shut us up basically uh and um it slowly formed she sort of kept checking in with me every couple of weeks until I finally agreed to it and uh look she's a pretty motivating individual and uh here we are I think we're 30 something episodes deep and uh it's going really well it's better than I could have imagined um we've got a really steady listener base from like all over the world. I'm an incredible range of people who listen with like other sex workers and people who've never even had any interaction with or known a sex worker that they know of. Um, and everyone in between, like, you know, people who've had little bits of interaction with sex work and, and people who've had zero and are just so intrigued. Um, so we get uh, really incredible interactions because of that. Um, and it's, it, they broaden our minds and our experiences and they give to us a lot um, to reflect on and a lot to, to discuss. And um, so hopefully we, we also, you know, educate and, and broaden the minds of our listeners. I think you've been doing it. And look, I was so impressed because it feels like just yesterday you started the podcast and it has taken off amazingly. Like I can't believe how much support and following and how many listeners you had. You've really nailed it. And I think part of that is the fact that like you both kind of talk about you talk about what life is like as a sex worker with a great deal of humour, but also you're not afraid to criticise, you're not afraid to get political, you're not afraid to talk about shit that isn't right, you're yeah. really honest around that stuff. So to me that kind of is activism, like talking about what needs to change, what isn't okay, you know, what people can do. Like I feel like even though you're not giving anyone a lecture, you're actually doing a really good job of giving people an idea of what sex workers are like and what they need. Oh, you're, got, you're so nice. I love this. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope so. And I think Jenna and I both, um, you know, our brands are very much based in in rawness and in authenticity and being, I wouldn't say blunt, but just being really sincere. And, uh, and part of a sex worker's life is dealing with these challenges and dealing with, um, you know, politics and, and discrimination and all of that sort of stuff. And, and it's not all good times. We love to, to point out that we are happy hookers as, as the phrase is, but, uh, but there are challenges and there. there's a lot that sex workers face. And so it's important that we, we raise those issues and, um, and sometimes educate we're people. angry hookers. Sometimes we are pissed off hookers. And I think, uh, right. Yeah, I think we, and that's part of our shit people say segment as well. We like to share just the the lack of, um, the lack of tact that some people approach sex workers with, or some of the silly interactions that we face, and then and further on from that, you know, misconceptions that people have about us, uh, and then also, you know, Jenna's wonderful at putting together these episodes about the laws surrounding sex work and the the ways that we are um, discriminated against and. Uh, yeah, and obviously we also have a, a massive range of guests who can speak to um, to experiences that neither of us have, and uh, and that's yeah. really fascinating too. So, and, and we all have such different experiences, and around the world, and the laws are really different, mm. all that kind of stuff. So it's good to get that kind of diversity, so that everyone knows sex work is different all over the place. Like it yeah. can be different. Yeah, hugely, and hugely. Yeah, I kind of feel like maybe for me. Like, w w I guess it depends what activism means to you, right? Because as you said, we have amazing, like, folks who do a lot of lobbying who have gotten, I mean, we just had, we're about to get decrim in uh, Victoria. So the um, the laws for almost decriminalising, de decrim-ish yes. of sex work <laughs> in Victoria, Australia, has just passed a milestone and it looks like it's definitely going to happen now. Um, and that's super exciting. And that's down to some people who've done some very, very hard work to get those laws through. Massive, yeah. But, uh, but look, uh, you know, I kind of think that activism, <laughs> activism starts at home. Activism can be a lot of things. Sometimes it's lobbying. Sometimes it's writing laws. It's being a politician. Sometimes 
it's just coming out if you can because not everyone can do that or having the conversations with your clients or your families. Sometimes that's the activism that we can do. Mm. And I'm kind of curious, you did actually just mention a little bit earlier that that was a bit of a tricky area for you. Is that something you're you're open to talking about, like the coming out process for you when you decided that was right? I think, um, yeah, I think you said that so well. Activism can be on such a large scale or it can be on on really micro scales. Like you can do tiny little things that make a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, But but those, even some of those things that seem tiny uh, when you're a sex worker are massive. and Big deal is, and yeah, scary stuff. Hundred uh, percent, and that mm-hmm. is things like coming out. Um, I've always been a, a really sexual person. I've always been a really strong lefty. I think uh, there's been a lot about me that would have signified the sort of person I would become throughout my life. Uh, and uh, I think most people, when they find out, or people that have known me in my life who found out that I've become a sex worker, are sort of t- totally unsurprised. They're like, "Yeah, yeah, that, that checks out." <laughs> Uh, my, my mother, however, I think wanted to deny it for years or wanted to, uh, to, to imagine that that wasn't what was happening. I wasn't a phase. Always, yes. Oh, I mean, she still says my bisexuality is a phase. So let's not Oh, for fuck's get. sake. She, I think my folks she, have forgotten <laughs> that I am in fact. Oh, I yeah. think they, they block it out. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, that's depressing, but that's a whole other, whole other story. Uh, so yeah, I think that the very obvious path I was on, she, she really wanted to pretend it wasn't happening. And I like, I think kids hide things from their parents, but I think parents know more than they want to admit. And I think that Mm -hmm. there were so many signs. I really wasn't, you know, making wonderful efforts to cover it all up because it's a lot of work. It's so much work to, uh, to lie about such a massive part of your life. Uh, and, and I had the conversation with her, Oh God, a few years ago now, maybe five or six years ago. Uh, and I said, look, I, I know you're not going to be happy with this and I know it makes you really uncomfortable. This, whole thing um but i have been working as an escort and i really enjoy it and i i'm committed to it and this is what i want to do and she pretty much said uh look i'm not happy about it but what can i do and i was like yeah okay and not fucking um, much <clears throat> no pretty much i said yeah well um and then she, she wouldn't really say another word to me so i left and uh we didn't really talk for a few weeks there she was she was really unimpressed and it took a few more years until we could even comfortably slightly talk about my oh. life. Um, and, and even now there's a lot that, you know, she, she can't help but make a statement here and there about, you know, how she wishes her daughter was doing something different or, you know, so it's, that's, uh, We've that's all a, been there. yeah, it's an unfortunate thing that that's one person who can't, uh, can't get their head around it. But, um, but it's important to me. It was important to me to, to be true to myself and to not yeah. have to lie and to not have to come up with excuses or cover-ups. Um, <clears throat> And uh, that's allowed me to be more out in other parts of my life. So she, uh, you know, she, she said to me, well, if you're going to be a sex worker, whatever, but don't put your face on the internet. So that was a whole thing for a long time where I was not face out pretty much just for my mother, just so that it wouldn't break her heart. And, you know, she was worried people would recognize me and that they would judge her for it and all this sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And I lived by that for a long time and as time went on I thought well shit you know I'm getting closer and closer to my 30s I want to own my life like this is my life it's time for me to do what I want and I want to be out 
Yeah. So I, um, I, I, I think it pretty much happened about the same time Jenna and I started the podcast. It was like, you know what, this is my time to embrace my work and what makes me happy. And I have, she has no idea I've done it. So I'm going to one day something, she'll stumble on it and she doesn't even know about the podcast and she'll absolutely murder me when she finds out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's important to me to live, live my truth. And I think in that I've been able to do some advocacy and hopefully, um, yeah, de destigmatize and to humanize the the work that I do, and that's so important to me. So, at the risk of um, upsetting people close to me, I'm yeah being true to myself, and I think that's a, a decision a lot of us have to make as sex workers and as humans. Right, that is a really huge deal, by the way. Congratulations! Like congratulations on coming out because not not everyone can do it, and the people that can't, we get you and we see you. Oh, shit, that yeah. even if you can, um, it's fucking hard. And then when you do, it's not like coming out of the closet as being gay or bisexual or queer and then everyone's like, yay, it's out now. It's like, and now you need to deal with whether your folks are okay with you being face out. And now yeah. you need to deal with, oh, I told you I was doing brothel work, but actually uh. I'm doing escort work. And then you accidentally call your dad on your work phone because your regular <laughs> phone is flat. And then he does a star, whatever, and calls back and gets your sexy voicemail. And it's very embarrassing. And then he gets upset that you're doing private work. And that is awkward. All these things keep happening, right? That you have to keep dealing with. Am I going to go face out now? What if I talk about my life too much and they get upset? What if I go to a family gathering and I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to tell the truth. And I, I, to be honest, I'm getting really close to that point because I'm 40 now and I'm too old. I'm too old to lie anymore. Like, are you, what did you, how old did you say you are? I'm 40. Get fucked. Oh, I love it when people have that reaction. What are you doing? <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah, how do you like, look so good? Lots of sex and plenty of water, mate. <laughs> well, I'm doing those. <laughs> I must be missing and, something. <laughs> oh, dude, you oh, look amazing. Shit, like it is early on a Saturday morning and we, we agreed to potato, but your hair looks incredible. Like, oh, I wish God. my hair looked that good no, getting out of bed in the morning. That's uh, hectic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're oh, so similar. We both suck God. at receiving compliments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't believe your – like that has shook me to the core. Okay, sorry, go on. So you're going to what family <laughs> things now and you're like – you feel like just, just being honest. I feel like it hasn't happened, but it's going to happen. And yeah. like with your mum discovering that you're face out, shit is going to hit the fan yeah. and I'm just embracing. So, the, you know, being a sex worker and being out, it's this continuous decision of what to yes. share and how much to share and what's, you know, what's going to be good for people. Like what do we need to tell people? Like am I making a difference by doing this stuff or am I just mm. making life harder mm. for myself? And the yes. reason I'm really interested to ask you about this stuff is because I know that clients are not in the same situation because the issue of coming out as a sex worker is different to coming out as a client or even coming out in support of sex work, which will make everyone assume that you see sex workers, right? Because no one, no one's going to stick up for sex workers publicly except either sex workers yes. or people who see sex workers. Yes. It's, that's, right. it's such a good point. And I, I was thinking of exactly this this morning and I think not that it's a particularly revolutionary thought, but yeah, I, I think it's really hard for clients because Obviously, again, with the disclaimer that it's much harder for sex workers, and we that's Whole a different given. Situation that's a given. We know that in terms of safety, it's but it's still a big. There's a big shame piece, and there's a big judgment piece around seeing sex workers. Like, yeah. you know, we're told that the only people who pay for sex are creeps and perverts, yeah. basically. Yeah. You know, and we, we talk about this all the time on uh, on, on somebody you love that it's all normal people, They're just normal people right. you see, and just the same as sex workers are normal. Well, we're unique people, but I think, um, yeah, I think it's really hard for clients to advocate sometimes, or to to even gently speak up. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And to do all the things that we say is so important um, because, yeah, there is shame around it and, and there is that perception that if you advocate for something, you must be part of that community. And and that was something I sort of argued for a long time when I uh, wasn't out in my social circles, but I uh, was advocating for sex work laws and things like that. So I would say, well, I'm not a refugee, but I advocate for refugee rights. I, I'm not. Because it's the right you know, thing to do. Exactly. It's about human rights. And, and similarly with, with other, you know, groups that I wasn't a part of and then also sex worker rights but I think people just see it and that they make assumptions and that can be really Mm. hard so people I'm sure they do the same when uh when men say anything about sex workers they think oh yeah okay yeah mate and um I, I think even then it's hard because a lot of sex worker clients are married or in relationships or you know and even if they haven't seen a sex worker while they're in that relationship it's really hard then because the your partner might have other misconceptions about it and feel really confronted if you're advocating for a sex worker yeah and so there's that whole thing where you think oh god it's don't want to get myself into this mess I'm just not going to say anything it's so So, stigmatized like it's such a bad thing to some people that they just they assume that the only way you would be speaking about it at all is either if you're doing it yeah or if you're paying for it like Mm. that there's no other reason and Mm. of course there are tons of people who who believe in sex worker rights that don't see sex workers just because like it makes sense y'all you know um but everyone just assumes they must be seeing sex workers because why else would you stand up for a hooker like it's Mm. it's that bad for some some people right yeah yeah yeah. And this isn't all doom and gloom. Like I have lots of lovely clients on Twitter who spread the word, who say lovely things about sex work, who really believe in sex worker rights and, you know, and understand that it's going to help everyone if everything is decriminalised, all that kind of stuff. But then I don't know if that translates very well to real life. I don't mm. know if those conversations happen with their friends and family. Have you ever, has it ever come up for you? Do you know any of your clients who are openly like, yeah, I see sex workers, it's not a big deal. Or, yeah, like sex worker rights is a thing. I'd never vote for anyone who didn't support that. Like, is that stuff that comes up? I Look, I don't actually know what, what my client's stance is a lot of the time. I feel the vibe with a lot of my clients is that they're um, they're either pretty open dudes, they're pretty, uh, you know, pretty lefty and pretty politically um, – strong-minded and so they'll they'll state what their opinions and their stances on things um and then another significant portion of my clients are super shy quiet dudes who probably don't feel that they can you know advocate for us um but i think they support the conversation yeah exactly but i feel like they can support the industry or they do support the industry in other ways so um i think you know every effort that you make as an ally is important and i think it's valuable it doesn't need to be grand gestures um we're not expecting uh, white knights riding in and defending us and cutting down Fixing everything. Crap. Yeah, it's it's fine. Um, the small, consistent measures are, are really key. So, um, you know, when when people, you know, you have friends who are making jokes about you know dead hookers or you know that sort of content or or, or sluts or or any of that sort of thing, just doing those indicators. You know, not laughing. It doesn't have to be as overt as calling it out, but not laughing at a joke or sort of saying, "Yeah, that's a bit gross," or oh, "I'm not really comfortable with that," or changing the subject, or "That's not really funny, dude." Like things like that make a big difference if we can just dismantle this. Um, casual slut shaming and whorephobia by little mm. things. Like again, it doesn't have to be a confrontational thing. Don't have to make people defensive, but just sort of going, eh, don't, I don't like that. I don't feel cool with that. Um, it is really important. And I think, um, and I would hope that a lot of my clients do that when they, when they can, you know, 
You're making a really good point, actually. It's not always about sex work. Sometimes it's just about slut shaming. Like when your mates are like, oh, man, she must be a total prossy. She's so, like, fucking loose or whatever to be like, ugh, have you guys finished being jerks yet or what? Like, you know, it's okay to to go, hey, can we, like, not be an asshole about this shit? Um. And it doesn't have to be about, hey, that you used a slur against yes. sex workers and that's not okay and you don't have to sound like you're being the PC brigade. All you yeah. need to go do is go, hey, you guys sound like fucking jerks right now. No one's, no woman's going to want to date you if you talk about chicks that have a lot of sex that way. Like you need to grow <laughs> up, man. Like it's, yeah. it's kind of that kind of conversation, I feel. Yeah, because I think a lot of whore phobia is rooted in, in that, that misogyny or in that slut-shaming culture. Yeah. And I think the more that we start to challenge that and allow women and allow people in general to be sexual mm-hmm. people without uh, that being somehow – um, dirty or, or, or shameful, um, I think then that gives uh, sex workers a lot of scope to be valued, uh, you know, as, as normal members of society. So, uh, yeah, like you said, it doesn't have to be about, you know, oh, well, they're actually called sex workers, mate. Um, but, yeah, just pointing out that those sorts of attitudes are, are in the past and this is you know, 2022 and it's it's time to, uh, to embrace, you know, normal consensual sexual activity and not to treat it like it's, you know, yeah, so shameful. And this yeah. works for blokes too. This works for straight blokes. Like she, instead yeah. of having to feel bad about the stuff you want to get up to or the sex you're having or having to feel like you're a, a player or a sexual predator or a jerk <laughs> just to be like, no, man, like this is the sex I have or I pay for sex and I do oh. it fairly and I don't feel bad about that. Like it's it's really good to just stop shaming people for the sex they want to have and the sex that they're having, right, as long as they're treating other people respectfully. Yeah. I have a few clients that I know do tell uh, a friend or a you know a couple of friends and uh and it's really cool and they they sort of say to me that their friends think it's it's really cool and they ask a few questions about it and you know maybe they've shown them pictures of like who I am and I don't know it's just sort Aww. of um it's sort of nice because it even if that person isn't going to see a sex worker they now have a friend that they know enjoys seeing a sex worker that they find it a safe and um nourishing experience and they've seen that this is a human being that they see and all of these things are really important and uh yeah, it, again, it may not be safe for a lot of people to do that sort of thing with their friends and they might have reasons that it's uh, not a position they can put themselves in. But for the people who do, it's wonderful. One of my clients has a, a female friend who is obsessed now with the podcast and she <gasps> listens to it. She's a big fan and she's really sweet yes. and, and that's really cool. Uh, so, yeah, those those measures go a long way to humanising us, as I've said heaps of times, and I think people that – yeah, may never otherwise have experience with the sex industry, then get to see that it's just a, it's actually happening all around you. It's and a it's, thing that people it's not do. A big deal, yeah. Right? Yeah. That would be so cool. I imagine if, assuming she's straight, if her boyfriend or husband in the future admitted that he'd seen a sex worker once, that she'd be like, oh, yeah, cool. That's cool. I know about that stuff. Yeah, I'm familiar no big with deal, that. Yeah. As opposed to freaking out. Yeah. And that would be so awesome. I have a client, uh, well, actually, I don't know how you, how do you define client? I have a, a wonderful woman who listened to the podcast who uh, contacted us from, from Canada and she, uh, oh, that was it's such a, a fascinating story. She's the most likable woman and I adore her and I should have written back to a text message from her recently, but she got in touch um, to ask for sex tips basically. Uh-huh. And her whole experience with sex work was that she had a new boyfriend 
And he uh, said that he had seen sex workers before. And mm-hmm. so she had this whole jealous girlfriend moment where she went online oh. and she was reading all about sex workers and trying to understand it and all of this sort of stuff and stumbled on the podcast uh, on Somebody You Love. And so she uh, she looked it up and she listened to all the episodes and she became a really big fan. And from that she's become an ally and an advocate and she's really, um, you know, standing up for the industry and she thinks it's great. And That is so good. It's such an amazing uh, journey to have gone from feeling incredibly insecure about it to then booking me to ask for guidance on how she can spend time with her boyfriend in a you know please her boyfriend or have better sex in general um so we did that at, at crazy like o'clock yeah online like you talked yeah. about this stuff oh, yeah we did so you know, cool demonstrations and all that sort of stuff and uh, sex workers are sex experts and you can pay them for their expertise it's not about hands-on shit you can just ask them questions it's so true. It's so true. And so she uh, she got a lot out of that. She did. I mean, I don't want to talk myself up, but she sent a message the other day saying that her, her partner said that the sex has gotten so much better. And that's really cool. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, there's so much um, scope out there for people to to learn from sex workers or just to value them as a part of society without it being a threatening experience. Um, and, and that can be a really hard thing, particularly when you are feeling insecure in a relationship and, and things like that. But, um, yeah, I think that, that the little things go along. So yeah, they really do. It doesn't have to be huge. Yeah, and you know, I know there's this kind of like idea, and we're mostly talking about straight people, but just want to acknowledge that like queer people see sex workers too. That not everyone is in a straight relationship, but there's a lot of stuff that comes up around hetero relationships. Like, oh, sex workers are bad because then if my man ever wanted to cheat, it'd be really easy for him to do that. But uh, you know, these kind of kind of like insecurities around, um, like. Uh, like you know I get that stuff like we we feel insecure in relationships and stuff and we want somewhere to put those feelings and sex Mm -hmm. workers are a really easy group to blame for that stuff if someone cheats if someone you know whatever if someone's gonna cheat they're gonna cheat that's my my take on it and I think uh a sex worker doesn't necessarily make that easier I think if somebody's inclined or if they're not happy in a relationship it's gonna happen it's gonna happen uh and I think it's not so simple. I think it's a lot more complex than that. Before I was a, a full service sex worker, or look, it's complicated. I'd, I'd sort of done a little bit of sex work and then I'd, I was in a relationship for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, my partner, um, I know was going to the strip club regularly and I was so threatened by it. I thought, oh, he's oh. in there having sex with all those strippers and, you know, oh, he's having all you this. just don't know. Oh, you don't know what's going on in this dark club with these sexy girls and, you know, he's showing off. So I was so jealous and I was so insecure about it. And then becoming a part of the sex industry, particularly when I became a stripper, I was like, oh, I don't give a shit about any of these guys. I'm just here to make a living. I don't want to have sex with any of them. Uh-huh. I mean, I, they're not a threat. They're, they're making bank. This is a, yeah, it's, it's about, it's a job. So yeah, I mean, I did end up sleeping with a couple of patrons, but uh, that wasn't the goal. The goal was to make a living. And, uh, and that is, that is, you know, what most sex workers are there to do. Uh, and I think, um, like you said, when you're, you're insecure in a relationship, sometimes you're looking for places to, to put that and that's, that's fine. That's okay. I don't begrudge anyone that because, uh, relationships are hard and they're complicated and, uh, and particularly when you, you've got a lot of insecurities. So, um, yeah, I think that's it's not, I don't know. I don't know if there's much that can be done for that, but I think the, oh, the more that I- we, you, you disagree? Therapy, <laughs> such Thera- a lovely word. Is that a is that a song? I think it is. It is now. I think you're right. I think, uh, I, yeah, I think therapy is really important. But I think you know, also just yeah, 
trying to, well, I think therapy solves that. I was going to say look for, for healthier relationships. Uh, but, yes, you're <laughs> right. It all comes back to therapy. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's sex workers. That's not something we can easily control. And I think, no, uh, okay. I, yeah, I think, yeah, that's why it's important to, to point out that we're just normal people doing jobs and we're not out there trying to steal somebody's husband. Um, we don't we, want your boyfriend. We yeah. just want your boyfriend to pay us and go home to you. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, so true. Ah, and you know, it's nice to talk about this. It's reminding me of all the clients I've had in the past, some who were really supportive, some who were really shy and could never have told anyone. Mm. And it's really nice. It's nice when clients tell me that they do tell their friends or that their partner knows that they're there. God, I love it when their partner sends them to see a sex worker. I love it. It's just amazing. It's really, really nice. I think it's great. I'm pausing this podcast for a moment to remind you that I'm recording on the stolen land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. The people who lived here before European settlers arrived never ceded sovereignty. This always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Okay, so this story is really kind of left field, but I do have a question here. I'll start with the story and then I'll give you the question. Go ahead, interesting. So... <laughs> I kind of I feel like there are things that help sex workers feel better in the world and obviously the biggest one is like you know our rights thanks very much decrim you know being recognized as legitimate work all that sort of thing the um, basics. but there are the, yeah. <laughs> just the basics yeah. but there are these little moments sometimes that we have where we go oh it's okay like I am okay and one of those happened to me when I was out bushwalking with one of my ex-partners and his grandfather and his grandfather was this old, old bloke who'd served in World War II, who was crusty as fuck. He was great. I loved him. Um, very, very short and to the point, you know, ex-army bloke. So we're walking along a little trail. Suddenly this bloke stops. I have no idea where this happened, by the way. He stops. He goes, there's nothing wrong with prostitution. It's a very honourable profession. Then he keeps walking. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened and I still to this day do not know why he said that it was out of the blue did he know that I was a sex worker like I don't think my my ex was you know there was not a conversation that had happened I'm like had he caught on was he getting a vibe did he just decide to share his thoughts but it was fucking awesome I was like that's amazing you get it and in fact he you know he was in the army he probably saw sex workers even though he didn't use the right words or whatever (laughs) like he just felt the need to speak his mind on that and I felt really good so I guess my question is like not all clients can do that not all clients can suddenly stop in the middle of a bushwalk and make a declaration (laughs) as to how important sex work is but what 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 makes what can they do not just to further sex worker rights but what have people around you done to help you feel like oh I I feel seen or I feel comfortable now or this is this really helps me feel accepted yeah that's even if uh, there are little things you know that's an awesome question yeah I think I'm often surprised by strangers' reactions to my work. Um, I'm not sure how much of it's just for people like trying to be polite, but generally I find that people are really interested and open-minded about my work when I do mention what I do. I'm like, oh, wow, okay, the people seem to be really cool with it. Um, it's encouraging. It's it's really encouraging. Um, I think, you know, since I've been out, I've had people from my civilian life 
come forward and say that my engagement and passion for the industry makes them feel more brave to be themselves and to embrace their identity, whatever that is. Uh, And that gives them some sort of courage. So that makes me feel wonderful um, just to, to bring something to the world in that regard. Um, I remember actually probably about seven ish years ago, I had a psychologist at the time, uh, a male psychologist and I had, you know, I'm very, always open with my, I mean, you've got to be open with your therapists about what you do yeah. for work. Otherwise it doesn't always go well. It, it can sometimes be hard, but, uh, you know, I think if you want to get healing, you sort of try, need to try and uh, be as open as possible. So I'd been open with this psychologist about my, my work and, um, you know, he was pretty casual about it. And we, we talked about my, my other issues, <laughs> all of my anxiety related issues. And, uh, and one day he said to me, look, don't ever underestimate the value of your work. Um, what you do is really oh. important for the world. And I was like, whoa, like it was just such a beautiful, big statement. And he just said that one day yeah. as I was, you know, doing the payment and, you know, getting my, my receipt and all that sort of stuff and leaving. And I was like, wow, what a special thing to say. And I think sometimes psychologists, you know, they keep that professional relationship. So they're not going to remark on things like that um, positively or negatively, particularly, mm-hmm. you know, because sex work can be something where some psychologists have the view that it might be harmful and all that sort of stuff. Um, sometimes trying to stay neutral is the vibe that you're not okay. Like when you exactly. share something that's really important with someone like, yeah. hey, I'm gay or whatever, and they're like, oh, you know, I don't have any feelings either way about that. It's almost like a bit of a negging situation. It does feel like rejection, doesn't it? And yeah. uh, it's not not nice. So when somebody does actually tell you that they really think that what you're doing is important or that who you are is valid, um, that is is really wonderful. And it felt so great. And, uh, yeah, he was, he was just the best. We, you know, the only reason he's not my psychologist, I mean, this is not relevant. The only reason he's not my, my psychologist anymore is that he actually got sick and I, uh, he, he stopped working. So I'm not sure where he is, but, uh, yeah, super, super wonderful dude. And, and that impact from that one statement, um, and, and I mean, the therapy was great as well, but that meant a lot to me. Um, and it's really wonderful. And I've mentioned as well on, on our show, um, on, on the, the Jenna love show, uh, that, uh, uh, that a lot of people I meet are really um, nonplussed when I mention my work. And I think, again, I don't know how much of that is an endeavour to uh, to act cool with it or to act polite. Yeah, yeah. Um, I talk to hookers every day. No big deal, man. Like a lot of yeah. my lefty friends can be a bit like that. They really want to be like, oh, yeah, I have lots of friends that are sex workers. I'm all across this, but you can see them getting super uptight at the same time. Yeah, you know? well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's what, what they're doing or if they genuinely don't care. But sometimes that is frustrating as well because, I, like you said, I, I, it's not that I want people to go, yeah, oh, you're a whore. That's so exciting. Oh, tell me more. But there's that I, fear, right? You don't know yeah. what they're thinking. It's yeah. nice to just get a little, hey, like that's cool. Oh, I'm not sweet. thinking anything bad at the moment about yeah. that. I re- yeah, sometimes it's really nice to get those little bits of, uh, of validation or, um, you know, and so that's what has been really lovely, like I said, with the, with the, the podcast and people uh, have felt like they can actually say really nice things to me about what I do for work and uh, that's really special. Yeah. I've had friends who I've become friends with and we talked a lot about my work and then they've found out that their niece or their sister does sex work or that their mum used to do sex work and it's sort of come out and it's been a much more gentle kind of thing for them because Mm. they don't have all that negative, negative stuff. So sometimes just having these conversations can be really, really nice. 
massively it can really lay the groundwork and I think as well it's really important um or you know just going back to that grander scale seeing things in the media that are portraying sex workers as real people and multifaceted and not as caricatures um, also helps to break down those initial misconceptions so that when people do identify as sex workers in people's real lives they go okay you're not um the you know necessarily one you know caricature or another you're a human being and that's part of your life experience um also politicians who do uh who make really big statements about it people like fiona Patton and and senator jordan Steele john he did a speech uh, about sex work being work and sex workers rights that was really powerful abigail boyd has spoken a few times um that has been wonderful as well and andy medic just did a lot for the the decrim um and, and uh and pulling those i saw uh, that that into into gear so i think those um those movements and that that symbolism from those leaders and those people in positions of of power um, really help to change that rhetoric and to to, un, to uproot that uh, that feeling that sex work is not valid. So yeah, it goes it goes all the way. It's it's the media and it's the little conversations you have with friends and it's um, when you can be being out about being a sex worker or being out about being sexually liberated. Um, mm-hmm. And then in the political side, there's so much that that works together. Uh, mm. And 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 it's not even about changing the conversation all the time. Sometimes it's just nice to make the people around you who might secretly be sex workers feel that they're not alienated. Yes. It's just those little things with people that you might not even know are sex workers because that's a lot of the point of the podcast I do with Jenna is that anybody could be somebody you love is a sex worker. Anybody could be a sex Without worker. Without a doubt. And you don't know. You probably have met sex workers before. And uh, if you approach that, uh, you know, with that idea, if you approach life and conversations with that idea, um, yeah, you, you never know who you might be um, impacting. So Right. Yeah. And even if it is those little things, even if it's not, you know, I'm going to stop it right there, fellas, and give you a lecture on sex worker rights. <laughs> and I think I feel like a lot of clients assume that it has to be that, that they have to be yeah. super political and they're going to sound like a full-on lefty and not all our clients are lefties and that's okay, that they need to have all this, the right words and do it right. But sometimes it's just a matter of going, guys, you, you're being kind of cunty yeah. and you stop. <laughs> it so is, <laughs> or, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Or, you know, chicks aren't going to want to be near you if you talk shit about people like that even if it's hookers like whatever words you need to use uh the word you know sometimes it is a tiny little thing and then if someone's hanging out with you that sees sex workers if someone's hanging out with you that is a sex worker um or has been that's going to make the world of difference to them even though they may never tell you like you've pointed out yeah such a good point it really does make a difference Don't forget that we have an online membership program. Membership gives you access to videos on our website that show you how to have incredible experiences with sex workers. We even have a private Twitter feed so that you can connect with your fellow sexual adventurers. To become a member, visit satisfactionproject.com and hit the sign up button. Thank you for sharing this stuff. I feel like we've got a pretty, like, you know, there's a lot of things there to unpack and a lot of things to think about, about what you know, how I've talked about sex work in the past and how the people around me have. Yeah. And thanks for sharing your coming out experience. No, it's it's not, you know, it's an absolute pleasure. And uh, sorry, I think I've rambled a little bit because it's something I think. What it's all about. We're prone to it when you're passionate about <laughs> something. And I think uh, there's so many experiences that we have being discriminated against um, purely for sex work uh, and and feeling that 
um, not shame, but feeling that people uh, have these views on you. So, yeah, I think uh, I don't want to be preachy, but I really appreciate the opportunity to come and uh, share some thoughts. Yes, let's let's like smash this stuff or erode it or stomp it or whatever needs to be done. Let's just fucking get it out the door so we can get back to having good sex. That's what we want to do. We just want to be fucking. Yeah. All the time. All the time. Yeah. All the time. For preferably being paid for that. But yes. That's the that's a plus. It's a massive turn on. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Before we finish up, I have just started doing a new thing where I pull out one of the anonymous questions that people send to me. And put them to people. And I have one for you, but it is kind of, it's a bit long. If you're keen to hear it, I would love to Please. read it out to you. Go ahead. Yeah, I'd love this. Yeah. This this person sounds really cool and I would love to to get your answer to this question. So he has written to me and here's what he's said. I had a bad breakup a few years ago when my partner cheated. This absolutely ruined my confidence and trust. I'm in my 50s and I'm an amputee from a motorcycle accident and this disability may have contributed to the loss of confidence around being intimate. Since I was cheated on, I second-guess myself when going down on a lady. I worry I might not be doing it correctly. I suppose it's the idea that my partner went elsewhere for sex, so in my head I wasn't satisfying her. My question is, if I ask an escort for tuition to help me get my mojo back and also improve my skills, would that be a reasonable request? Oh, fuck yeah. I uh, I love that. Um, excuse me. Let me just reposition myself on my chair here. <laughs> I uh, Look, I'm, I'm really sorry that that's the experience that you've had. That is, um, mm. That's really horrible. And I think. Tough. Big, <sighs> right? Yeah, I think we question ourselves during breakups about, you know, what it was or did I do something wrong? And I don't think it's mm-hmm. ever one factor. I don't know anyone in my life who's left someone, you know, gone, oh, they're just bad at sex. Um, so no, I, you're I, right. I, me neither. It's always no, more interpersonal there must be, stuff, right? Yeah, there must be other issues that that person's dealing with and, and I don't think it's ever as simple as something that can be articulated anyway. I think it's always so we, complex. Why we also we- often blame ourselves and go, what did I do? And often it's about the other person. The other person has stuff going on that we're not even aware of. Exactly. There's so many reasons that a relationship ends and uh, and if it did end, it needed to end. So, that you know, there's uh, – no point in in picking it apart and thinking too much about it if uh, if it's done. If it's done, you know, you should be moving forward, which it sounds like you're trying to, and that's wonderful. Mm. Um, I, I, I think tuition from a sex worker is a wonderful idea. I've had a few clients come to me who, who either have never done oral sex or who um, – who want a little bit more practice at it or who want an assessment. I had one young fellow who came to see me because he wanted to see if he was okay at it and he thought I'd give him honest advice. And Right. I did. That sounds like our, re- our writer a little bit. I feel like yeah. he needs reassurance. He may not actually suck at oral at all. I've had a lot of clients who are quite um, – concerned that they're not very good at it who are wonderful and I'm like you're great or clients who are pretty close but I'm just like oh just this a little bit more or that a little bit more and uh I think yeah that's it's great and sometimes I think it's just about breaking down that nerve that that nervousness and that 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 fear and once you feel comfortable with somebody you find that that sexual um 
what's the word? It, it just flows. The sex just flows a lot yeah. better. So the connection, I, all that it really stuff. Does. I often tell my clients, I, I have this thing that I, I say to a lot of my clients and it's the first booking curse. And it's, it's probably, I'm probably uh, failing there to, to explain something. And people are probably going to say, no, she's wrong. That's not real. But it happens with me that a lot of clients who see me for the first time, they will have performance issues or things just won't oh, work because there's a lot common. going on in the head. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, it's, it's such a thing. It's the first booking curse. Don't worry about it. When you come back and see me again, things will go a lot smoother. And that's not just me trying to hustle another booking out of people. But I really find once you start to build a connection with a sex worker, um, you start to feel like you can really relax sexually and things flow a little bit. So I would probably say to this person, Definitely, I think you should go and spend time with a sex worker. Um, try and build that confidence up, but definitely try and spend more than one booking with somebody. And yep. I think you'll find that you can really relax into it and, and um, yeah, and explain. I think a lot of clients are like, yes. should I tell my sex worker about X or Y or Z? I think you should tell everything. Like I was saying about therapy and about being as honest as possible. The best results you can get are if you're really honest about your position. Um, and, and you know, right. I don't feel great at oral sex. I really enjoy doing it, but I'm not sure if, you know, can you give me some feedback? And we're here for it. We'd love to to help with that sort of thing. Uh, and, and, yeah, and if you don't find that the sex worker that you see is – um, fulfilling that need or hasn't um, or you want to get a second opinion there's always another sex worker and you can try mm-hmm. again and you can see and so I think that that's like a, therapists a, exactly you don't always get along with your therapists you <laughs> sometimes you need to shop around a bit yeah and that's fine there's no shame in going it doesn't mean oh I failed or you know I didn't look my relationship fell apart and this sex worker and now didn't, this sucks you know, didn't, oh yeah. you know it's it's okay there's always another person another relationship another sex worker another opportunity and maybe that person likes oral sex different to what another person does so you know I don't think seeing uh things as a failure is is the way to go with this I think seeing it all as a learning experience is really important and I think uh, there's a lot of really great sex ahead for you dear listener I think it'll be really great uh, if you allow yourself that opportunity and I think it is about self-love uh I think a lot of people think sex work is is you know there's that whole thing of oh I'm doing something bad or naughty or risque but uh it's it's really about self-love it's about going and doing something that nourishes you and that makes you feel like you're uh you're growing or feel loved or feel intimate or whatever that is yeah and you know sometimes all we need is for someone to go yeah what you're doing feels great this is awesome and then we think oh yeah there is nothing wrong with me I am fine at this and then (laughs) we start to kind of re change the story we're telling about ourselves that we're not good enough or that we're shit in bed. Like we start to go, hang on, okay, that story is not entirely true. I need to rethink this. And it sounds like maybe he could do that. I hope so. I'm excited for his future. I think he's going to have a blast. Thank you. That is excellent advice. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) I, um, I would love to let our listeners know where they can hear more from you and from Jenna. Um, where can they find the podcast? Where can they find you if they're interested in connecting with you on a more personal Gosh. level? Uh, look, I, <laughs> I hope you can, you can link it any anywhere. But uh, basically, uh, Somebody You Love is the podcast I do with Jenna Love. It is on uh, all podcast platforms, uh, you know, Spotify, iTunes, all of those sorts of things. If you'd like to leave us a review, that'd be wonderful as well. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I'm also on Twitter. Jenna is on Twitter. Uh, Jenna has a website. I don't have a website because I'm oh. a disorganized mess of a human. Yeah, uh, but tough. look, 
we're out there. You can you can Google either of our names and you'll find stuff. And, and as I said, I'm sure Georgie will uh, will link to it. But uh, I will. Yeah, yeah, we're around. <laughs> right, and I should add also that if you want to support sex workers, if you want to do a bit of quiet activism, um, there is also a Patreon for somebody you love. So the podcast is funded by some absolutely lovely clients and workers. And if you want to get in on that, head over to their Twitter um, or check out the podcast and the links in the podcast for the details because um, we want to keep this good thing going. Thanks, Georgie. Yeah, we do have a Patreon which has all sorts of uh, exclusive content, lots of videos of behind-the-scenes shenanigans, lots of bonus episodes where we talk absolute shit. Uh, it's uh, a lot of People get to see your cats. People get to see the cats, uh, the one laying behind me right now. And, so gorgeous. Uh, all sorts of little little bits and pieces that we decide to share. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really nice. We appreciate the support a lot and it helps us, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it helps us, uh, you know, keep keep paying, keep it keep it active. So we appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, love it. And it needs to because it's a great thing. Thanks Thank again you. for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really flattered and I am very honoured. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. If you want to become an expert client, head on over to the website satisfactionproject.com for more articles, your questions answered, and exclusive member-only content. After all, wise clients are the best clients. Stick with us and you'll be well on your way to having those peak experiences with sex workers that make life worth living.